don't preach denomination, we preach Jesus, right? That's our whole thing. But um, as part of Foursquare, we know that Jesus Christ, he's our Savior. He's our baptizer in the Holy Spirit. He is our healer, and he's our soon-coming king. So we're taking the third point there to talk about wholeness, and Jesus is our healer. And so many areas of our life need healing, right? I mean, let me, I'll just, amen, thank you, Miss Vicki. I'll amen that too, because there's a lot of areas in my life that God is bringing just his presence and his wholeness into my life as well. Um, and so I'm thankful for that. What we're talking about this particular series, though, is even in our finances, God wants to bring healing. And, and I, I hate that um, when I'm preaching about this, and I don't do it a whole lot on finances, but because there has been a culture created that anytime the church starts to talk about money, we think, all right, what is he wanting now? What is the pastor wanting now? What project is going on? And this has nothing to do with any of that. One, because you are such amazing givers anyway. This is talking about wholeness in our finances because how many of you know that your finances affect a lot of your life i mean they do right we, we guard our finances we um you know look out for those things when we i said last week when we come up to the point where we have a whole lot of month left and our money has run out think of the stress that at that adds now, what I did say last week is this is not going to be a series on what you should invest in. This is not going to be a series on if you invest, if you do this with your money, blah, 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 blah. This is not about that. It's not about a prosperity gospel. If you give, then God will reward you and you'll have overflow. It's not about that. Are there principles in there that are true? Sure, there are. But this is not about giving so that we can get rich. That's not what I'm going to be preaching because that's not what the Bible talks about. So we're just talking about wholeness in our finances. When we are blessed by God, he wants us to be a blessing to other people, right? And so I'm, I'm thankful for that. Um, so as we go into this, um, I want to tell a story real quick about just to illustrate a point that we're going to go into here in a few moments. When I was growing up, I was probably, let's see, this was probably around junior high. I was in junior high, so it was a long time ago, Mary, in my life, a really long time. I was old, I'm old. So, um, but I remember my brother, he's three years older than me. He's always outweighed me by about 100 pounds. He's just a big guy. He was in the Army and thankful for his service. Um, but he had this cool green army jacket. It was like a three-quarter length army jacket, and it had the buttons on it. it. had a couple patches on it, and he just got it like at an army sur surplus store or something like that that he had gotten and uh, knew he was going into the army. Well, here's what I knew. My brother was still growing, and that jacket would be mine, and I loved that jacket. I thought it was cool. Occasionally when he wasn't home, I would put it on and just kind of walk around thinking I was cool in junior high and all this kind of stuff. Well, one day, my brother is walking home from somewhere, and he meets a homeless guy on the road. He gave my jacket away. <laughs> I was not happy about that. But my brother has a heart of gold, and he will literally give the coat off of his back to somebody who needs it. That's just, that's just the way my brother has always been. But um, anyway, there went my jacket, and I, and I wasn't happy but, you know, I look back on that, and I'm reminded um, that everything belongs to God anyway. My favorite jacket that I was about to get from my brother was going to serve a better purpose. A guy who was on the street who needed to stay warm, and, and he gave that away. So here's what I want to bring out, first of all, is that everything belongs to God anyway. It all belongs to God. Whatever you have, whatever you will have in the future, materially, 
uh, financially, whatever it is, it all belongs to God anyway. And so that jacket that I thought was so cool, it was God's. And God had given it to my brother because he knew my, well, had, made, had set up to where my brother could get that jacket because he knew my brother would give it away to somebody in need. Had that jacket gone to me, I'd have kept it. I just would have. I mean, uh, just confession time, right? But God, as we said last week, he uses us as channels to bless those who are in need. That's why we are a blessed people. It all belongs to God. In a little bit, we're going to be, we will talk about tithe here in just a little bit. Um, we, we, you know, talk about Malachi 3, we'll bring all of that up. But in your bulletin, you'll see that there's the memory verse that's in there. I'll read it to you this morning since I uh, didn't get those notes over to where they needed to go. But Psalm 24 verse 1 says this, the earth is the Lord's, and I underline that in my notes, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all its people belong to him. So catch that. Everything is the Lord's that's in the earth, and all the people belong to him as well. Now that's talking everybody, saved and unsaved. They all belong to God. They're all uh, potential resources. They're all, first of all, people who can be saved. That's why we witness. That's why we share our faith is because we know that we want people to come to the Lord. They're all God's, and we want them to spend eternity there, of course. But the point of this verse is ownership. Who owns it all anyway? That jacket, it wasn't about to be mine. It was God's anyway. What if God had, what if I did get that jacket and God would have said, hey, there's someone who needs it. Would I have been at the place in my maturity as a junior higher to give that away where my brother was, who was just three years ahead of me? Probably not. But everything belongs to God. Psalm chapter 50, verse 10, Psalm chapter 50, verse 10, um, here's how God kind of makes it known that really he, it's all his anyway. God is saying here, I do not need the bulls from your barns or the goats from your pens. And now, does anybody in here, first of all, does anybody own bulls or goats? Some people I know have some goats or whatever. Well, today we don't necessarily deal, I know people who want goats, right, Mary? Just keep, just keep on him, maybe one day. Um, I know some people who do own these type of things, but today that's not our currency. Our currency today is what? No, my wallet, I don't have my wallet. Um, today our currency is, is the green stuff, is the, the, well, it's not all green anymore, but you know what I'm talking about? It's the money. Anyway, he says, I do not need the bulls from your barns or the goats from your pens, for all the animals of the forest are mine. I own the cattle of a thousand hills. I know every bird on the mountains and the animals of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for all the world is mine and everything in it. See, God did not say um, that, or he did not need their animals because the animals did not belong to them. We established this last week. God does not need your money because the money is all his anyway and doesn't truly belong to us. He can get whatever he needs. He's establishing the point of ownership. Now, you can work for it, you can earn it, and your name can be on the deed of your house. Your name can be on the title to the car. But the reality is, it's God's. And when he asks you to give something that is already his, we are not to grieve. When God says, give it away, right? When God says to give, when God says to offer, 
There should not be a grieving process. I grieved over that army jacket. I'm serious, Patty. I did. I had a little moment. I was grieving over that little army jacket, over that uh, green army jacket. But God says, when I ask you to give something away, don't grieve over it because the earth is mine. It's all mine anyway. I hit on this a little bit last week, and I want to get into this example a little bit more. Some of the resources that I have pulled from is uh, a book that's out. Uh, Robert Morris, he's a pastor in Texas, wrote this. He tells a story of how he and his wife, now let, let me just say this, he made a lot of money before his ministry career, okay? I know some pastors make a ton of money in ministry by exploiting different things, but he had made a, a bunch of money writing books, things like that as well. But what he and his wife were blessed to do is they would buy cars, they would fix them up, and when God said give them away, they would give them away. You know what God would do because of that? He would make deals come along or whatever to where they could purchase other cars to give them away because God said, hey, I can trust that couple to not hoard what I'm blessing them with. Okay, you hear that? That's the difference in prosperity gospel and biblical teaching. God knew he could trust them to give these things away. So I want to open up this story a little bit more than what I mentioned last week. Someone heard about their acts of giving these cars away, and they too wanted to donate a car to a family in need. So at this time, they were pastors of the church, and they said, uh, for example, um, let's say Dean comes along, and he says, hey, David, uh, Rachel and I have this car that we want to give away to uh, Luke and the church, and so, but we want it to be anonymous, so can we give that to the church, and you, you know, now you got to be careful with tax laws and all that kind of stuff that's in there. I'm not going to get into all that, but anyway, can, can we make this happen? So how they made it happen legally is I buy the car from Dean. I buy it because God has blessed me with resources in this story. I buy it, and then I'm going to give it to Luke. That way it really doesn't go through the church at all, um, and that's what happened in the story. They, they had the ability to do that. Well, I want to get it checked out because I don't want to buy a car from Dean and give it to Luke and Emma because, you know, I, I want to make sure it checks out. So I take it over to Jerry's garage, Klein Auto, right across the street. I want to take that over. There's a little plug for you, Jerry. Um, I want to take it over there um, to make sure it's all checked out. In this story that he's telling, he gets the store from the, uh, the uh, car from Dean and Rachel. On the way to Jerry's, the engine blows. And I've, he's already told Luke that he was getting this car. And so Jerry calls, just keep the story this way. Jerry calls me and says, uh, hey, just so you know, you're going to have to replace this engine. It's about $3,000. That's probably cheap, isn't it, Jerry? Um, it's about $3,000 that you're going to have uh, to replace. Let me make sure I'm getting my story right. So thousands of dollars. Robert tells in this story, he said he got angry with God and asked. He, he says, God, why would you do this? I mean, why couldn't it have blown up when Dean and Rachel have, had it? Why, did you, why couldn't it have blown up when Luke and, and Emma got it? I mean, I have it for one day, take it to Jerry's shop. On the way there, it blows up. Why is that? And he clearly heard God say, the family that was giving it couldn't afford to fix it. And the family that was receiving it couldn't afford to fix it either. But I had blessed you with the resources so that you could fix it, so that they would have a car. This is a true story that he's telling. And he was angry. And I've mentioned this last week, and this is where God said, however, I can stop giving the resources to you anytime you want me to. And he said, that's okay, God, I'm good. Jerry, go ahead and fix the car. 
See, Robert understood one thing, that God had blessed him to be a blessing, not to hoard in this situation. Did God take care of Robert and his wife? Absolutely, he did in that situation. But this is the point. The possessions that he was given from God, or the, I'm sorry, the possessions that he had was given to him by God, and he knew that God would continue to bless so that he could be a blessing to others. You see how that differs from the prosperity gospel? It's not about me getting everything that I can get. Does God bless along the way? Sure he does, but it's about being a conduit because it doesn't belong to me anyway. It's all God's. Yes, we are stewards of what God has given us. Now, next week, we're going to get a lot more into stewarding, okay? No matter where you are, if you make $20,000 a year, if you make $2 million a year, you are a steward of what God has given you. So that's coming next week, all right? Here's what I know about being a steward that we hit on last week. God isn't going to leave us homeless so that others have what they need. Sure, he's going to take care of us, but we do have to be good stewards. We have to listen to the voice of God when it comes to giving. When we steward well, God blesses in that area. Why is it that, and I've heard your stories, why is it that many of you have invited people to live in your home when there was a need on their part? Well, you recognize that God blessed you with an extra room. And so you were saying, all right, God, if this is you, if this is you talking, then let it happen. Why is that? Because you recognize that the home God blessed you with isn't yours anyway. God owns it. He's allowed you to steward that home. We see that. I just think of fostering. You know, I think of just different stories I've heard along the way. When we steward well, God blesses. Um, I was walking the past couple weeks just in our yard and looking at the beautiful flowers and the plants that I did not plant. They were already there when we moved into the house. And my response was, God, thank you for letting Stasha and I steward this property. Did you catch what I said? God, you have let us steward this property. Because at the end of the day, I said last week, yes, the bank owns it. I know that. I don't quite own it yet. But... Um, even when I do get the deed, when Stasha and I get the deed to that house, it's still God's. He owns it all. So I don't have to grieve when God says, hey, I need you to give up a room. Hey, I need you to whatever it is, because God has blessed us. That's talking about an abundance. Now, what I want to do today in just the final minutes here, I want to talk about the tithe for a moment, because the past couple of weeks, why are we talking about tithe? Why are we, it's because the church needs money. No, we don't. We are blessed. We do because we're doing the work of God. Let me clarify that. This is not a plea for you to give more so that we have more. This is a plea so that you understand wholeness in your finances, okay? I want to make that perfectly clear. But I do want to talk about tithe because what we have been saying here, these are all things above the tithe. The giving, the blessing, the story that we talked about, the car being given away, that is above the tithe. There's, a, there's something about the tithe that God requires, and I want to make this clear. We said this as well. The tithe is not a church made up thing. It is not a pastor made up thing. It is in the Bible. And I'll show you that here in just a moment. The first belongs to God. That's tithe. That's point number two. The first belongs to God. Point number one was it all belongs to God. Point number two is the first belongs to God. Well, that doesn't make sense. If it all belongs to God, why is the first? Well, you'll see here in just a moment. This goes all the way back to Exodus chapter 13, verse 1. 
It says, uh, Then the Lord said to Moses, Dedicate to me every firstborn among the Israelites. The first offspring to be born, both of humans and animals, belongs to me. That's what God is saying here. The first belongs to me in this instance. Uh, Exodus 23, Exodus chapter 23, verse 19. He says this, As you harvest your crops, bring the very best of the first harvest to the house of the Lord your God. Now notice it says bring or dedicate to me. It doesn't say give because if I give something, it's showing I have ownership of it. But if I'm bringing it with me, it shows that somebody else owns it. I'm a steward of what it is here because you cannot give what doesn't belong to you. So you bring it, you dedicate it when you come into uh, the house of the Lord. Here's an example. Uh, Genesis chapter 4, verse 3. We've heard the story of Cain and Abel. It says, When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Verse 4, Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his, his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. So let's bring out a couple points out of this scripture. It says here, when it was time for the harvest. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of the crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn. See, where Cain brought some, he brought it some point in time. Just whenever he got around to it, he brought some of the crops that God had blessed him with. But if you'll notice, Abel, he brought the best uh, portions of the firstborn lambs when he came. It was the best. It was the first. All right, but this is a lamb that, you know, if, if, I, if I give this lamb to God to offer as a sacrifice, then it can't make more lambs. So there was that possession. This is mine. God's saying, no, not at all. I want to get back into this for a moment as we're establishing the tithe that was in the Old Testament. I want to bring something out. Those of you who like history and years and math and all of that, I'll make that simple for people like me who kind of get confused when it comes to numbers that are big, over 10. Some will say that the tithe was established under the law and that we are no longer bound by the law. Have you ever heard that before? Folks will say, well, we don't have to tithe anymore because that was under the old covenant. That was under the law. Well, let me ask you this. Does that mean today, if that was under the law, does that mean today we can lie, we can murder? Because that was under the law too. Does that mean we're not bound by that anymore, right? Jesus said, I have come to fulfill the law, not to dismantle the law. And of course, tithing isn't one of the Ten Commandments, but it was a command that God had given. Look at this for a moment. Cain and Abel were around approximately the year 4000 BC. And you know it counts all the way down to zero and then it goes back up when Jesus was born. So this was 4000 BC. Moses in the, and the law came around at 1500 BC. So the law was 2500 years later. When did God command that the tithe be brought into the storehouse or the, the lambs be brought, the firstborn be brought? 2,500 years earlier. So you'll notice that the tithe was not established under the law. It was long before the law. And who established it? God did. Not the church and not a pastor. God did. Why are we talking about this? 
so that we have wholeness in our finances. That's why I want to bring this about today. If I told you if you could be healed of the illness that you have, wouldn't you want to know how that could happen? If I told you that your finances could be healed, wouldn't you want that to be a possibility as well? Great story, by the way, of Miss Gail being totally healed last week. Praise God, he does that. There were 2,500 years from Cain and Abel until the law. Back then, God accepted one offering and rejected another. Abraham comes in this mix. So you have Cain and Abel, 4,000 B.C. You have Moses and the law, 1,500 B.C. 500 years before Moses and the law, you have Abraham at 2,000 B.C., okay? Abraham also tithed 500 years before the law. If you want a reference on that, it's Genesis 14 that you can read. It all belongs to God, but he requires that the first be brought to him. When Israel brought the lamb, it was the first lamb, not the tenth one, because we understand that tithe means tenth, doesn't it? So when we're tithing, we are tithing 10% of our gross income as it comes into us, the, the, the increase that we have. And some people will say, well, why not the net? Because I only get, well... It just so happens that your employer takes out that other money so that you don't have to do it. Your increase is a tenth of all that you receive, whether your employer takes it out early or not. That's just the way I have, that's the way that the Bible talks about tenth of all your increase there, and uh, the way my mom taught it to me as well. And she didn't have a degree or anything, she just knew what God's word said. Right, mom? And, and you remember our story, we were po growing up. But mom always made sure that after she tithed, she also had, now this was a long time ago, so it was a lot of money. She also gave my brother and I a quarter. Because what did she want? She wanted us to get in the habit of putting money in the offering plate. Just, just a habit to be established. Because it was based upon God's word. So thanks mom for teaching me that. Um, which, by the way, too, let me just bring this out real quick. I get a paycheck from the church, right? That's the job that I do, so I get a paycheck. And um, we, I've heard some of pastor friends along the way say, well, why doesn't the, the, the check come to me and just 10% already automatically taken out to make sure that the pastor ties whatever or, you know, the pastor's... No, it's got to be an act on my part. It's got to be an act because it's a hard issue there, right? So... Um, I want to bring this out. I want to come back to this. When Israel brought out the lamb, it was the first lamb, not the tenth one. Think about that for a moment. It took more faith to bring the first lamb than it did the tenth one. Because again, that first lamb could produce more lambs, right, for you? But God is saying, no, I want you to bring me that first one. Because it's whose is it anyway? It's God's. That was an act of faith to bring the first ten. See, whenever I'm writing the checkbook out, if I do the bills first and then say I don't have enough money left over to pay tithe, I'm doing it wrong. God requires, and here's what I have found throughout my life. Have we had some really lean times where we're like, God, I don't know what we're going to do here. You better believe it. But what God's word taught me and what my mom taught me was this. The first belongs to God. It all belongs to him, but especially the first belongs to God. It's set up. 4,000 years ago and continues even through today. Trust and obey. 
Because as a farmer, and this is my income, I would be thinking this. Well, what if the mom can't have any more lambs? You see, doubt is coming into my mind. God can't provide. Well, what if I don't have enough money left over to pay the electric bill at that moment? You know what? All I know is I have to trust and obey in those moments because it's a requirement that God has. When Israel attacked Jericho, this was the first city as Israel is going in to possess the land that God has promised. Jericho was the first city that was taken, and God required them to bring all of the silver and gold because they were going to attack many other towns. Every bit of silver and gold that came in, God said, all right, this is the first portion. You're going to have many other cities that you're going to take, but all of this right here comes to me. That's what he said. That was an act of faith and trust because how are they supposed to fund themselves? God said all of it comes in. But there was a story of a guy named Achan who stole some of the Lord's requirement. You know what happened? Israel lost the next battle. That takes us to Joshua 7, verse 10. And I'll show you where the scripture is on that. Joshua 7, verse 10 says, But the Lord said to Joshua, Get up. Why are you lying on your face like this? Israel has sinned and broken my covenant. That's why they lost. They have stolen some of the things that I commanded must be set apart to me. And now, I'm sorry, and they have not only stolen them, but have lied about it and hidden these things among their own belongings. You know what God says about this? And I know this is hard. I know this, I don't want anybody to get offended or condemned by this, okay? Because we've, I, I think probably most have been in a place where at times I just don't know how I can tithe, okay? I don't want anybody to be offended or condemned. I'm just bringing out principles from God's word. What God said here was they have not only stolen from me, God says they stole because they didn't present it to him but they lied about it as well. So either way, I want to bring out this. God says that when the people did not give to him, they stole from him. Malachi 3.8, should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you, God? He said, you have cheated me of tithes and offerings due that were due to me. You are under a curse, and your whole nation has been cheating me. Those are harsh words from Malachi, for actually from God that's recorded in Malachi. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. There will be room enough. I'm sorry, there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to uh, take it in. Try it. God says, put me to the test. You want wholeness in your finances? It requires recognizing that your money and your possessions don't belong to you. They're all God's. And he especially requires the first tenth. I'm just wanting to help bring wholeness today in some areas. That, that's all I'm doing. I'm not trying to get more money into the church. That is, I want you to hear my heart. My goal is not to get more money in the church for the sake of getting more money into the church so that I can get a pay raise, so that we can... I don't know, do something extravagant. I want to fulfill the will of God and his plans and purposes. There may be some things that we do in the future that require this stuff. 
You know who God has chosen to use as a conduit and to bless? You and me. And it's a requirement that he set up, not me, not Abraham, not Joshua, not King David. He set it up. He says, if you do this, you're going to find yourself being a blessed people. The tithe belongs to God. Tithe does mean tenth. Let me give you some scripture on that before we close. Uh, Levi, uh, Leviticus, I'm sorry. Leviticus 27, verse 30. Leviticus 27, verse 30. One-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart as holy to Him. I made this statement earlier. Whether you make 20000 a year or $2 million per year, the requirement is all the same, 10%. All the same, 10%. Whether it's 20,000, whether it's 2,000, whether it's 2 million, whether it's 20 million, it's all the same. Wow, 10% of 20 million, that's a whole lot. Well, sure it is. But who does it belong to anyway? God. It all belongs to God. Look what he says in Malachi 3. We were just in Malachi, we read verse 10. I want us to uh, look at verse 11 here. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not, fail, will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. So why do all this? Well, I want us to experience the blessings of God because of obedience to his word. You ever feel like at times, and, and I'm talking about the times where you haven't been able to tithe or you feel that you haven't been able to tithe, and, and I'm talking, you know, there, there's been those occasions in my life um, where um, God was able to show me that it, that it wasn't right, so we've definitely been faithful ever since. Um, but it seems like, man, just one thing after another is coming along. This is breaking down, that's breaking down, this is happening, that's happening. It just seems like everything's being destroyed, everything's been eaten up. You know why that is? Because of this right here. But when we do tithe, here's what I have found. I will guard them from insects and disease. This is talking about their means of income, which was the fruit of the ground, all these types of things. Your grapes will not fall from the vine. Now, am I saying this? Am I saying that if you tithe, that your dishwasher won't break? Am I saying that your car won't go out and you have to take it to Jerry's? I'm not saying all that. Here's what I am saying is that God has always provided my needs. Did I want to spend that money on a new? Well, I haven't had to buy a dishwasher yet, but Sasha tells me it's coming. Do I want to buy a new dishwasher? I've got two kids. I'm just kidding. I love you. <laughs> I've got two hands, you know. But here's what I have found. God has always taken care of my family. Always. And I've been able to bless other people above the tithe too. See, it doesn't belong to me. It belongs to God. Every bit of it belongs to God. So here's the question I want to leave us with today. Who's the owner? And that's the question that we have to ask ourselves and to be honest with. We're going to continue in this series. We have a couple more weeks that, that we're, ne next week, I've, I've studied ahead because I knew that this week would be really busy with convention and really it's a lot of sessions that go on, training, different things like that that happen. But um, be here next week to hear more about this, more about stewardship. I want to leave you with this little teaser and then we're going to honor our graduates really quick. You know the scripture that says, 
enter in, good and faithful servant? Well done, good and faithful servant. The only time that that is mentioned in the Bible is talking about finances. Just think about that for a moment. We use it a lot, but the only time that it is mentioned is when it's talking, when Jesus is telling the story, talking about finances. So we'll get to that next week, though. God is good. I just want to see wholeness. I want to be whole in my finances. Being generous. And here's what God is, you know, you guys know I'm transparent. I like to be just right out there. God is showing Sasha and I a lot when it comes to being good stewards. And that's what I want us all to experience. Amen? Amen. Well, at this time, um, we're going to have some prayer here at the end of the service. But before we do that even, we, um, I love our church family. We get to honor some pretty cool uh, graduates. I'm going to bring my wife on up here too. Um, And I'm going to grab one of these bags. So if I can have all the graduates that are here come on up. Got you up right here, babe. Um, All the graduates that are here, Hannah and um, Brother Silas and Clay and Kelsey. We do have another graduate, Kaylee, but she is, um, you guys can come on up here. She is um, interning right outside of her college down in Columbia. She's at the University of South Carolina, so I think she's supposed to be home in August, and we'll uh, pray over her then. But we want to be able to just honor these folks who are here. Uh, Many of you have uh, impacted their life. Some of them have been here for a really long time, and some of them have been here a little less, and some of them have been here even a little less, but we get to impact their lives, and I want us to, uh, Mr. Uh, Larry and Gail are going to come and pray here shortly over them, but um, Sasha, do you just want to say something real quick, and I'll kind of hold this bag if you want to talk about them. Sure. Well, um, I'll tell you that Hannah, where are you, Hannah? She's over here. All right. Hannah just graduated from high school, so, and you're continuing on at Mitchell, correct? Yes. Yeah. And then Silas also graduated from high school, and you will be continuing on at Mitchell as well? Yes. Yeah? Woo. All right. They're going to MIT. Yeah. Mitchell in town. Clay and then, and then Kelsey. Clay, you just graduated from Mitchell, right? Yes. And what is your degree? Associates in Arts. Okay. And then um, Kelsey also graduated from Mitchell. She received a degree in business management with emphasis on something, something, and something. <laughs> yeah. Here, I'll She's take the microphone. Really she can part. tell you. You can. I don't even know. So, <laughs> give her a hand for that. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's pretty so cool. So, and um, Clay, what are are you going to continue on, or what are you going to do? You're done. You're done. He's done. <laughs> He's done. So you you have to find a real job now. Oh, you do? Good. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then Kelsey is um, expanding her photography business. So. Um, we're just proud of you guys and excited for your future. And um, so we just wanted to take this minute and honor you and say great job and congratulations. And um, we're behind you as you continue on in, in whatever God leads you to. Yep. And so each one of them is they're going to get this gift bag after the second service. So this is just a teaser. This one has your name on it. So you can't see what's in it yet. But <laughs> no, actually, it's just a little couple things that um, we got journals, devotionals, water bottle, different things like that that. 
uh, we can just pray over them and, and send them on their way. And But we're just so proud of you. Can we give them all a hand for their graduation? Come on up.